Welcome to Spirit Squared. I'm Adrian Darrington, the host. Uh, tell you a little bit about me real quick. Uh, I grew up in northern Louisiana and uh, transferred over here to East Texas. And so we get the, the unusual benefit of hosting this podcast uh, at the Beckham Hotel, which is in Mineola, Texas. Uh, it's a historic hotel, and we're thankful for the uh, owners of the hotel for letting us do uh, our podcast here today. Uh, I've got a couple of folks that I really want to thank. Uh, Josh Pogue is our producer, um, and Miss uh, Amy Corley uh, from the Rawls team is uh, sponsoring us tonight, and I really want to appreciate her. If you have any real estate needs, please reach out to her at 903-279-8943. Someone else that I'd like to uh, thank is Stars and, and, and uh, Staves. Uh, they did this shirt, and I think they did a great job on it. Yeah, I really appreciate them uh, and what they do. Uh, they're located in DFW, and you can find more online. Uh, so Spirit Squared, what are we going to be doing in this podcast? So we want to introduce our audience, our listeners, to a spirit first. So talk a little bit about the distillery, where it's located, maybe where they source their grains, et cetera, et cetera. And then we're going to move on to a subject matter expert, someone who's very passionate, and we're going to focus on their spirit. Uh, we really want to bring out what they are passionate about, what they do uh, for a living, or what they just really enjoy. Um, so for tonight, we're going to uh, focus our, our podcast on the distillery about cones, which is, just, uh, which is located in Waco, Texas. Uh, so here we are in Mineola, Texas. We're supporting it a great institution like Balcomings, and we have a subject matter expert or a historian in some ways uh, that's going to spend some time with us, introducing us to some of their releases and talking a little bit about their history. So I want to thank you, Chris, yeah, thanks, uh, for coming on and, and being our first guest. So right. the guinea pig, if you will, uh, of our con podcast. Uh, I've known you for a couple of years. You know that Balcomings isn't the first thing I grab in my liquor cab. Right. Um, as I've spent time doing research and, and really kind of getting into their business and their history and their collaborations, it's almost like their spirits have gotten better when I pour them. Right. Um, it's so interesting that I enjoy it now that I know how much labor of love they've, they've put into their products. Um, so let's just Let's get unpacked first on the history. When did they start? Who were the, some of the key players? Okay, yeah. So, Balcones um, is in Waco. A lot of people call it Balcones, Balcones, Balcones. Well, we actually had a big discussion about that the other day on, uh, on our Cult of Balcones Facebook group. Um, Wouldn't check it out. There's a lot of cool stories there. A lot of cool people. We'll get to that later. But um, so, Balcones, Waco, Texans started in 2008. There were Three founding members, um, one from my knowledge, basically the silent partner, but the two main guys that started, Chip Tate, Jared Hinton, Um They started in a 2,500 square foot old welding shop underneath a bridge. And I mean, that's just, I mean, think about it to have a, a to run a distillery. I mean, this is how to people, oh, right. You know, I mean, that's, that's crazy to think that they were able to push out the kind of product they were and the volume they were just out of a small little, Home essential. Right. And uh, it was actually some really cool videos that you can go on YouTube and look at. 
they have like kind of sort of inside of what that warehouse still looks like today. A lot of the old stuff still in there. It's really cool. Um, so Chip and Jared had a vision. Um, they were brewers. They worked at the local brew house. Right. Um, and th- they were like, you know, uh, we like drinking, we like drinking alcohol. So we're going to start drinking some scotch. And they got into scotch and, uh, they really appreciated the, the single malt. And they're like, you know, I think we could, you know, maybe do our own little spin on it. So they started to delve into, you know, the, the sides behind what would make a good single malt. And, um, eventually that became like their primary drive was an number in civil form. So it going to now, I mean, you can tell that when you drink one of their civil malts, all of the blood, sweat, and tutors that went into that product, I mean, it is just full of love when you're. Uh, the guys are like signed. Yeah, I mean it, it's crazy. They practically are just mad scientists because I mean, you make beer, and all of a sudden you're making whiskeys that make you know who knows how many awards they have now. I mean it, right? It's got to be over a hundred. Yeah. How many distilleries changes the size of the staves to right? You know, increase the the the, the flavor right of a single ball or really anything. I mean, they have just. Uh, I was watching a, a video recently where. Um, Oh, uh, it wasn't Gabe was mentioning that, you know, just like you said, the thickness thing, they let them just kind of field age for three years versus, you know, six to 12 months is what you typically get out of the uh, Kentucky, Indiana, you know, kind of that area, right? Uh, spirit, you know, they, they let theirs age for 36 months just out in the sun. Hey, yeah, get up shave. They let them, I mean, they have, it, it's, it's crazy the amount of just different details they get into it. They have, all these different char levels, all these different toast different heads. Everything was custom made, sure, custom tailored to them. They pay more for it and it showed off of a product. Yeah, like in Kentucky, you have hundreds of years of of making similar, almost the same product. You have pretty uh, predictable conditions. Right. You know, you're going to have uh, cold winters and, and warm to, not as warm as here, but, um, and so they're battling that too. You know, these fluctuations in climates that we have over 100 degrees over over a season. Right. I mean, here, but just going back to the temperature school, day, we can see just in one day, and it's not an almond, 30, 40, 50 degree temperature drop in some of the wild parts of the season. So, right. We're, we're barely growing through a lot of, a lot of fresh food. There's a lot of extreme uh, to it that really influences the scare. Yeah, sure. So, you know, Chip becomes a thing of the past in 2014, and we transition to 2015. Some great products are some of the last products, right, of the of, of being under the bridge come about. Right. Um, so in 2015, from my understanding, is when um, Jared was pretty much like, you know, the, the, the go-to for, for the entire uh, distillation process. I mean... He saw it from start to finish. Trend. I mean, he's, he's the master behind what they have going on. There's a lot of other folks that are behind the scenes as well, but sure. Um, Jared, for sure, was the one that's looking back on that. They, um, it's kind of funny. I don't really have much from 16. Um, I've actually ever had one bottle uh, from 26 to that I've ever had. It was a Bucorn Bird and Seal Whirl, mm-hmm. uh, which was a really unique ribbon. So that's the only Bird and Seal Whirl they made there. Dog. And so um, that's the one with the 16 that I've had. 
And uh, 17, it seems like, is when a lot of their products finally hit that age where Jared was like, you know what? This this is stuff was it. Like, with right. exactly everything I could have hoped and dreamed for because in, when we taste that 17 true blue castor, we're gonna, you're going to realize just how much passion he puts into the spirits. Sure. So they, they find a building, right? They need to expand. That's part of the reason why they brought in an investor. And so they expand in the in that realm, right? In 2016, 2017? Man, I want to say it was before 16, because 16 is when they opened up the new storefront that you go to now. Oh, I see. Uh, that's when it was available to publicly go to. You can go there and do distillery tours. I think it's like 10 bucks to go in there to do a tour. Right. I like to go there because, I mean, they give you $50 worth of drinks. Oh, sure. I mean, they let you taste basically everything that they had available, but they've got a little surprise visitors, too. I mean, so it's a really cool um, deal, but I think it's, what that, 30,000 square feet long? Uh, it's, it's, it's large. I can't remember. The last thing I read was 25,000, but it's probably bigger. Yeah, I mean, it almost has to be. I mean, it almost has to be. Um but they've, everything they do happens there. They have those two giant grain silos outside. Right. One of them has their blue corn, which I'm not really sure if it co- if it still comes from New Mexico, because at one point it was all sourced from New Mexico. And at one point they were sourcing it from Texas. Could be a blend of both. Not really sure when that break part happened. But either way, you have blue corn and wood. And yeah. Gotcha. So they're, they're massive. You can't, it's kind of like the, the full thing wherever you pull up and you see them right there. Right. And then they have two areas that they have that area, uh, and then they have another area they store barrels. Yeah, I mean it's kind of uh, the area that we go into, like the vault. You can kind of see, like right when you walk into the right, right, have a, a big lot of stuff. And sure, I'm sure there's way more in the back. I mean, I haven't been to that that part of the distillery yet, but uh, they they've got pretty big weird guys. So they just have others. Yeah, gotcha. All right, so hit me with some past releases that. Like the people that are very passionate about companies have been just like, you know, and we use the word unicorn, right? In that, in the whiskey bourbon you know, game. So, you know, kind of walk me through a couple of those releases that are, were so limited or they were very unique or they're just ones that fans just go crazy about either even getting just a pour of. Right, so I mean, we could we could go back to the fifth anniversary releases. Um, everybody who loves Balcomas loves the fifth anniversary stuff because it's almost like a dream because nobody has really had much of it because there wasn't very many produced at all. Mm-hmm. So if you kind of bring it a little more forward to the tenth anniversary stuff and around that era when they really started to have a just a incredible reputation and great brand built into themselves in 2018. They did, I want to say, 14 uh, unique releases for their 10th anniversary. They all had this really cool 10th anniversary label. On yeah, I brought some of them. Yeah, they brought the, uh, the weeded burden from that year. It's amazing. Um, one of my one of my favorites. And this, and this uh, French Oak as well? Yeah, the French Oak is also, this was a uh, 2018, so the, the uh, we'll, we'll touch on that one here in a second. Um, of those releases of, uh, 2018, they did two single barrel brimstones. Mm. And so there's a lot of folks that look after the brimstone. Basically, the history of brimstone was it was a, it's a corn whiskey and they burnt the corn to, to trash basically. And they were like, well, 
Let's try it in the way and see what happens. the folks on the ground. Or the, the folks, folks on the ground are telling you this yeah. is what happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Gotcha. And I'm uh, like, well, you know, Bert, let's just see what it tastes like. Anyway, we already, you know, spent all this time and money, I guess, investing in it. Let's just see what happens. And it turned out to be a a smoke show, man. I mean, it, it's powerful. Like, when you taste Brainstone, um, it, it's smoky and skin sweet. But, I mean, if, if you're not a smoky drinker, you're going to want to steer clear of the Brainstone for sure. Sure. Um, you know, some releases are more smoking than other. That's a really good thing because it is an annual release. Right. Um, so you have those different nuances that go from year to year, but uh, typically it's a rather smoky drink. Right. Uh, you'll be tasting it the next month, which sure. You feel right. So, like, I asked for a top five. You yeah. got a little bit of yeah. a lot of different. So, so, so in our top five, like I follow the page, right? The Cult of Balconies. Yeah. Big page that a lot of followers follow to get tips on like, mm-hmm. this is great. This is not, look at this label. You know, this was a, this was a decent release, but this one's better. Right. Um, just like you do with Kentucky whiskeys. Right. And bourbons. I'm looking for a certain rye or I'm looking for a certain bourbon. While me, like, tell me who's someone who doesn't dive into this too much, what are, like, if I'm at a supermarket and there's nothing but Balconies in it and I'm looking for two or three bottles that are going to be ones that I can show off to people that are in your realm. Right. What what am I looking for? So that's that that's the great part about it, man, is because they are very forward now with their single bro program. Now it's Elrod manage that road sure yeah yep. not sure it's official title but i mean he's yep. he's a single barrel guy he's the one that really want to do a barrel pit with your club yep. you have a private club or if i mean i guess if you just want to foot the bill for a bell yourself i mean he's the guy you contact i've picked the barrel without alex yeah. and what was awesome about it is I love that. alex is yeah great guy great guy he uh he came in he had three spirits he didn't have it labeled which i thought was amazing i like blind tasting right because it it's the most relevant to what people like. Right. You're placing judgment on what's in the bottle. Mm-hmm. Um, and we picked a single malt, which I thought was amazing. Um, it, it almost had like a, just uh, almost an old fashioned, like just cherry flavoring to it that kind of went into the vanilla and cream. And it was, it won uh, out of there. I think there were eight of us there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but number two was the rum. It's twice distilled. I mean, and it's my favorite rum that I'm going to, if I can get it off the shelf, I'm going to get it if I see it. Yeah, their Texas rum is is absolutely incredible. The first time I ever tasted it, it it was almost just a mind trick because I was reading rum, and I didn't really ever delve down deep into rum. So the first thing that came to mind off of the color was spiced rum. Right. Just because I never really got into it. I just... I like their single malt. I like their wood one. And so I um, tried it. It's, I mean, it, it tastes like rusty. I mean, in a blind taste, it t- it tasted like whiskey. I feel state, but it was just, it was just awfully sweet for it to be a, a whiskey, you know, or either a, a single malt. And um, I just could put my ear on. I, mean, I don't know what this is, but I love it. And it turned find out it was the right. Yeah, they. Uh, I got us off track. I went into Alex. You brought up Alex. I've had experience with Alex because 
you know, I love that. But you were talking about, um, we, well, we brought up the supermarket. I'm looking for stuff. Kind of mentioned Alex. Yeah, I would. But there's so many single barrel releases, it's really hard to say, hey, this is going to be the one that really tickles everybody. But one that will always be a crowd pleaser is going to be the Texas One Seal Mall. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's 53%. And it was, it's signified by a little red wax sticker that lets you know that it's available all the time, every day. Um, and it, it's, it's made in small roads, essentially. They do three or four different batches of it per year. Mm-hmm. Um, that was always going to be a crop pleaser. I mean, it's it's consistent, it's affordable, and it's the one that wins them just tons of awards because of just how great a product is. Um, True Blue 100 um, is another really good one. Mm-hmm. Um, River on the Street, is it has been discontinued if it hasn't already been. I remember seeing a post amount of one on Mark both pages as well that um, they're discontinuing it. It's one of my absolute favorite daily drink roots. Uh, 100 proof, blue quarter. Um, I don't think I brought any notes with me, but. Um, yeah, you brought the cash train. Oh, yeah, I brought the cash train. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's just too many. Man. I, I literally spent an hour just staring at Because I have, you know, about 150 bottles of alcohol just sitting at the house. I'm like, oh, my God, what am I going to bring that is just going to really let him deep, deeply dive into what those Texas screws on about? Sure. Um, the Rye 100 is is really good. It's also on the group. Um, that one is being discontinued. Um, to my understanding, it's going to be replaced with a Fallen uh, and Bond mm-hmm. ride, but, um, which is really cool. Um, if you're familiar with the, ba- the Big Baby shirt of Bobbin and Bond, that was aged for, I believe it was five years at Tequila Cast. Um, it's going to be the same label design. I still, I, I look at TTB, so I kind of cheat. So that's kind of where I got this information from. But the Rye is the exact same bottle or label design as the Big uh, Baby. It's just good. So for the listeners that don't know, what is TTB? Oh, my goodness. What does that stand for? <laughs> the TTB is the Alcohol and Tobacco Tax and Trade Bureau. And so uh, basically you can go on this website, and if you can perform a basic search, um, you can actually look up labels that um, different distilleries across the United States mm. have um, have offered. You know, a lot of times they'll be missing the proof or the percentage. You know, just have kind of a a, a a place in there just to say, hey, you know, some of them say zero, so it kind of throws you off. Um, but it's just kind of a placeholder that they have to submit the label to, make sure all the verbiage is accurate. You know, per the regulations, things like that. You can look up labels of things that are. Cheat, cheat code, right? It's such a cheat code to see, you know, whether it's coming out. So, you know, I, I've done that, and the label, man, it, it's so cool. I mean, Big Baby, it, it, it's a completely different design of, of all of their other stuff. I mean, which it should be because it is a, a new product because it's bottled at Bond, which is the first time they do these. So let's all lay a bottle the Bond. Right, right. Um, so it, it's completely different. Um, their text is the same, but you'll just have to look it up yourself to uh, actually see what I'm talking about. Yeah, the label's not real cool. So let's talk about what you brought. I mean, uh, we've got a smorgasbord of probably things that people look for or that you would champion on a a page of some kind. And, you know, we're not going to, you know, Kentucky pages, right? We're going to Texas, right? Yeah, pages. And and the thing about that page that I've noticed so much is that 
the people there are so passionate about the product and about the lineage. We even have a bottle name lineage that's top seller. Uh, it's the number one American malt whiskey, right? Oh man, seller. Yeah, it's it's it is incredible. I mean, I when they released that product, I was like, well, you know, it, I'm not big on the lower proof stuff. It's just not something that I typically gravitate towards. I like you know a full lunch of a face. Either I like to have that you lingering bowl thick castor or so they released it i was like oh well it's about color so it has to be good i try a bottle and i'm pretty sure i have a case of it sitting in my house right was it next to true blue 100 it is right it's a daily drink for everybody and i mean everybody that would be the bottle that i would recommend first anybody to get pretty about transition yeah anybody who wants or try to about colors trip and it's just maybe a little uneasy about you know the texas one single malt because i think the price point on it's 60 65 bucks linens you can get for around 40 bucks and so this is a little bit more approachable and yeah. i mean just you're not going to be missing out on and it's in just like shelves it's on your shelf on the shelf where you're not having to ask a manager or figure out if it's behind a counter hidden or you don't have to like develop this you know, kind of relationship with somebody over 10 years to yeah. gain access to limited really. That's, that's another really good thing about Balconas too, is um, typically you have a, a regular store, like, you know, here we have uh Goody Goody. Yeah. We can go to, you know, Harley's, what we have in you, um, Specs, Total Wands, all that, all that stuff. Sure. Balconas is an Alec. Sure. And they may find the one random store, they're like, oh, well, I've never seen this label before. We only got one bottle of it, so it must be allocated. But typically, everything that Bafflers offers is available on shelves, minus their, course, their exclusive. Display. Right. That's allocated. For exactly. folks that don't know, allocated means limited release or the store only gets a certain amount and the favorite customers or the customer points or the, the customer who's kind of done business with Joe for 10 years right. gains first access or first right of refusal. And so allocated means they they just get a certain amount of allocation depending on what that store sells right so if the store sells a ton of mickners for example then they get maybe some of their limited releases allocated to them right in this case these uh, most of these are available on shelves right it, and some of the limited releases they the balconies staff rewards folks to come to the distillery know when some of those releases are done by their Facebook posts. Right. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, they're they're really good about just doing just kind of just not even advertising, just private releases at the distillery. I mean, you don't really know about it. Sometimes I don't even post them on their Facebook page. It's kind of like, hey, we're going to take care of our morals and say, you know, you come in here, you may see something on the shelf that's crazy. Right. Right now they have a 98-month American Civil War. Wow. And I mean, that's that's reaching out there for, you know, being here in Texas and being in one barrel for that long. I mean, it, I'm dying to get my bottle. It is on the way as we speak. I'm not going to ask you how to get here, but I'm just sure it's good here. Yeah, it's good. Right. So let's dive into, um, what you brought today. Um, I'm interested in getting in, in a, in a couple of these. They, uh, I've heard a lot about them. I've done some research on a, a few of them. Um, personally, I'll probably never see any of these bottles. Um, again, but, um, so I selected the Texas, uh, weeded bourbon, uh, you know, being a traditional Kentucky bourbon drinker, um, that's 
probably going to be a good lane for me to start. Um, even though I've tasted a couple of them over the last week as I've done research and they've just kept improving and improving the, the couple that I have, which is my, my, I don't have the 150 bottles you have. I have three, right? Uh, you know? And so, um, I have the, the weeded bourbon that I'm going to try and you have, I actually have the weeded bourbon as well. I've worked both up the same thing. I was really looking forward to trying this because I, I knew weed was your wheelhouse. And so, um. I wanted to at least break something that I knew you would, you would enjoy that you've been out of Adam for. Um, so this one here is from 2018. This was their 10th anniversary release. Um, the weeded bourbon you can actually only purchase at the distillery. So they do three different bourbons. They do a blue corn bourbon. They do a um, the Texas weeded bourbon. And they do a high rye bourbon. Now, I think it was last year they uh, released um, it's a red bottle or a red label, excuse me, with the red dot. And it's their pot still bourbon, which is kind of more of an entry level. Mm-hmm. Um, it's lower proof, I want to say mid 40s. I'm not really sure. Right. Uh, it's not typically mid 40s really, alcohol by value. Yes, exactly. Right. Right. Um, and then with the bottles, 30 bucks, 35 bucks. Right. Um, it's not one that I would typically gravitate towards because when it comes to their bourbons, I like the castrate punch. Uh, I recommend people also trying to know if they typically lean towards bourbons, you know, it's a good one to start off on. And I would still make the recommendation with lineage. lineage. Um, yeah. This one here, I mean, it's, it's just your typical weeded bourbon. 31% of that is going to be, I think it's Texan red wheat. Yeah, Texas red winter wheat and uh, 18% golden promise malt barley. So the, 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 it has a smell to it. Um, it, when you taste it, it's, it's creamy vanilla, yeah. uh, flavoring. And then the, the finish is just forever. Okay. I mean, it is, and it just, it's consistent. It doesn't fade away. The full flavorness just kind of continues on. That's what sucked me a little to tobacco to in general was not only do you get that bulk punch that I was always looking for, because I mean, when I first started getting into the listings, I was drinking things, and there's nothing wrong with these products, but I'd obviously transition more towards Castro then. But I was drinking things, you know, like TX, you know, just you know, super basic entry level stuff, just to save everybody from the neighborhood mall, but I'd be like Woodfield Reserve, bubble, things like that. Right. It's just, you know, just entry level kind of basic stuff. And I was like, oh, wow, I can taste this. Wow. Well, when I first started getting into Bacalius, I mean, just the depth that they have in their flavors is. To me, it's second to none. Yeah, it's an intense like roller coaster of flavors and right. pulling different things out. It's what I've experienced too. Absolutely, because I mean it. It just the flavor just goes on and on. It seems like you could just overthink it, overcomplicate it, and just dissect it for you know for two or three minutes after you take a sip. Um, but really, I mean, there's just you know typically four or five notes that will just pop up right up at you, and you just get to sip on it and enjoy it and relax it. Yeah. Are there any bottles that you would say are probably the most limited in existence meaning there's just yeah fewer to you know do an inventory there's just not a lot left not a lot left um okay shelf wise no i'm just talking in general i mean it obviously told about releases well they so if we were going to do that you know i'm triggers a, a few folks that still have quite a bit of um 
So in 18, going back, I mean, that, that was such a huge year. I mean, every single bottle they released for their 10th anniversary was a banger. Every last one of them. Mm. There wasn't one that was just like, oh, you know, it's decent. Every single one, hit after hit. I could not wait till the next month to my ID renew to go back and buy the next two weeks of what they had. It was just an incredible year. But it would be those two brimstones for sure. Super, they were single barrels, of course. And um, it was part of their, um, uh, I think it was later on in the year, did those releases. And then the following year, they released Tuntos, mm. which is kind of like a brother to Brujeria and Hechiceros of the same year. So uh, you're going to have to break those down. Yeah, so <laughs> off the top of my head, I hate to admit that I can't remember which one is which, but one of them was finished in a sherry cask, and the other one was finished in a... Um, I think the the Bucheria, and I think that was the sherry of yep. Oriole, or PX, and yeah, or Oriole cask. Yes, and the other one was a port cask, right? And then, um, or we may have that. Yeah, it, I mean, it's not where it's a coin toss at this point. Yeah, I, I mean, I've drank a lot in slips since I read those balls. Sure, of course. Um, we um, say we. There was in 2019 they released Kuntos, which, to my knowledge, was the first. Um, American Single Malt they did finished in a tequila cask mm. and I unfortunately have never even got to taste it with those oh I have a bottle that's Australia exclusive that I was able to get but I can't even get a bottle of Puntos right. I've tried I've looked for it I know certain people have you know 10-12 bottles of them stashed away sure it's not coming off of them because it's just such an incredible spirit from everything I've heard yeah and we both know, I mean, tequila's really gaining a lot of, you know, market share. It's the hottest thing right. in the spirit world right now. So, I mean, it's not going away. No. I don't think you're going to get a Hintos. Sorry. No. I don't think I'm going to get a Hintos either. Um, that big baby. Have you tried that one? Yeah. That word. I, yeah. You know, when I first tried it, I, I mean, I honestly didn't like it. I mean, you know, I was like, this is just not my thing at all. Right. I, I was really looking forward to it. Had a lot of hopes for it. I was like, man, this just isn't for me. And then I let it breathe. I talked to you about tequilas, you know, and you just kind of, you know, just give me some pointers and things to look at. And, you know, I, I really started to just think about those things that you had mentioned and while I was drinking it. And it really just made a few little key things pop here there whenever I was drinking it. Mm -hmm. It's like a, it's almost like a margarita in a drink. I mean, it's, it's tastes like lime. I mean, it's salty, like a rock salt almost. I mean, it's it's incredible. It almost tastes like a, a cocktail, hmm. like just straight out of the bottle, right. a 50% cocktail, if you will. And, I mean, it, it, it's a really good pour. Um, it's hard to find. Right. That's a very hard bottle to find. When you call well, it up, I've seen it from time to time. time to me. Sure. That's why I asked you. After you put yeah. out the photo and yeah. say, do you want me to pick it up? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> when I saw that picture come through, I was like, do you clear the shelf? <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I appreciate that. That was, that was great looking out. Um, all right, so what are we going to have next? Or I'm on to the next. I'd like to try one more, and then we'll get into what we've got going on. Or what's one that I need to try that I – you you mentioned the rumble. You mentioned the rum. Yeah, so I've never had the French oak. That's pretty interesting to me. Yeah, so the French oak is – Kind of going back to one of those super coveted releases. So um, the first French oak labeled um, Balcotus was done in 2014. Mm -hmm. Super limited. I don't even know how many bottles were made, but it wasn't a lot. 
Um, there, the revolt sale a couple of years ago, I had the opportunity to buy one if I was in the right spot in line. Right. I mean, okay. I mean, it, there was a dude camping out for hours. Yeah. I'm looking at you. Yeah. And, um, he was camping out for hours before they opened up yeah. and I uh, was able to secure one and the guy behind him was able to secure the other. So I mean, it's good for them because it's a bottle that I've heard nothing but great things about. Um, 2018, they have a 2019 as well. And kind of a little Easter egg wherever that fox is, you know, each each one of their label designs has a unique, distinctive mark on there. You know, the has a little corn stock for their annual release, True Blues. You've got a hammer, which signifies that it is a single barrel. We kind of along, so along the same lines here. Those little vertical lines, you know, kind of signify that that's going to be a round. Um, well, here you have that, um, what, what is that little, so you're, you're waiting to, the little oh, that's a Florida leaf. Yeah, Florida Florida leaf. Yeah, that's well, that's very French part of the oak. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's what makes it you know French oak. Well, when we bought this ten-year bottle of rum at the Rum Fest, if you pull it out, you know it's highlighted with obviously that indicating mark. Mm-hmm. Well, you pull it out. Oh, well, this one's next. And then you have these two guys, which. Really mean nothing. This one here is the one that's throwing me for a loop. I don't know if y'all can see that on the camera, but each one of these signifies, in my opinion, this is kind of like an Easter egg of what's to come for the 15th year stuff. Mm. Um, okay. So this one's highlighted. So I, I take that shirt. Sure, it's this relief. This one is here. Yeah. And French I, oak. I feel that the next one is going to be a French oak. Yep. And it's going to be kind of a gold label. Right. And the reason I think that these are, in fact, Easter eggs because. Obviously, there's four sides to a square, and when you have four of these boxes lined out, that makes it really cool. Just it makes it linear and display. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I really think that they were uh, really clever in this. If that is in fact what the uh, idea was behind it, it's just another layer of the you know yeah. the fun that yeah absolutely does. I mean, they they keep it fun. I mean, they and they keep all of their local folks just totally in tune of what's going on i mean they're huge in their communities they have events there all the time that support sure kinds of stuff I'm sure good. it's just a really cool deal so so which one should i take the yeah, well, you've been talking a lot about the rumble the you know, already said i really like the rum uh you know this is obviously a single barrel i've never had a single barrel i would probably say uh because of the weakest ones i want to say that this one's going to be it next to um this is that portugal the one from australia looking deep Dive into that with here in a minute. I would say go into this one. That yeah, it's going to be a little bit sweeter. I'm super intrigued with the Rumble cast cast reserve. It's pretty warm. Yeah, it's pretty warm. <laughs> I almost brought a hazmat because I have a 70.8 of it. Right. So we're we're coming in at 132 here. Uh, that's one thing Balcones does not shy away from is um, putting plenty of proof in their bottles. And um, so I was reading up on Reddit. Um, on some older posts, and there was a lot. Uh, this was six, seven years ago. There was a lot of feedback that hey, there's a lot of proof in these bottles. It came across really smoky and tense. Ooh. And 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 I think that the brand manager at the time, uh, he did a great job. Almost every um, you know response was um, thoughtful, um, and it, it was uh, I thought very targeted at the fact that. Hey, we we make it with this amount of intensity because of the barrels, the ingenuity of our distillers and our team, um, and you can proof it down. Right. You can add a couple drops 
And in some cases, it it opens up a bouquet of a lot of different flavors Absolutely. that weren't intended. Right. But it opens the 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 person that is drinking it to consume it in the level they want or feel comfortable in doing. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what I, th I think is really cool. But you can't do that with lower proof. Exactly. If you I do, do it to something that's already 86 uh, proof, then, you know, you're you're getting close to vodka and t tequila realms. Right. So, yeah, why not finish it at a higher proof and let folks kind of choose what their what their zone is? That right. So, see, that. I don't know if, if it's what's one of their main drivers, but I, I feel with the amount of things that come out at Cash Street, um, they don't really want to just bastardize a lot of their stuff. I mean, that's why another thing, they do a lot of single barrel stuff. Obviously, they don't want to proof down single barrel. You know, some some places do that, and cool. I mean, it, it could end up tasting great, mm -hmm. uh, but they don't proof down their single barrel stuff. Right. It, it, it is what it is when it comes out, and that's what you're going to get. And like you said, it, it opens it up for literally anybody to be able to enjoy it and drink it. If you drink it, you're like, oh, it's a little too hot. Like you said, throw some water in there and enjoy it how you like it. I'd ice, whatever. Yeah, absolutely. Throw the mixer. I mean, for for anybody should really care. I mean, you drink it how you enjoy to drink it. Sure. And you actually have that, you know, capability whenever you have a bottle that is as hot as 132. You may not like 132. You may like your stuff kind of around that 50% mark. That's super easy to do. Right. Normally, I started at 100 and then... Later in the night, it gets a little warmer. Yeah, <laughs> and then yeah, we uh, we started off with the one twenty two tonight. So right, it could be later rest of the night. Yep. So as we as we partake uh, in my second pour, uh, let's let's talk about um, this is my favorite Rumble release actually ever. By the way, uh, just give you some quick what what years is it? what years is it? this one was distilled twenty sixteen. And it was bottled in 2019. Oh, wow. So this one was done by someone saying whiskey, which is another Facebook group, which I'm sure a lot of people who would be watching this podcast um, are aware of. But someone saying whiskey is just a, yeah, a, a big group. They yep. do their own private picks, um, kind of like we do at the Colt. Yeah. And uh, they kind of just try a little bit of everything. Yeah, great, great group. Yeah, this one here, um, they called it their crazy train. And um, I think if... If we were to mention this exact pick on the Colton Bapolis Facebook page, it wouldn't. I mean, everybody's going to be like, oh, it's the best one. It's the yeah. best one ever. Sure. Um, it's just overall just one of the top spirits, in my opinion, that they've done. Rumble is great. Um, it's a non-whiskey. It's a other spirit. Um, if you see it on the shelf somewhere, it's not going to be, you know, typically where you would find, you know, whiskey is just going to kind of be in its own little spot, which kind of stays because it's hard to find sometimes. Sure. And you go to places like uh, you know, DFW Specs or, you know, in Plato, they have a, a really cool the Specs there. They have like four or five single barrel picks just sitting there of, of Rumble, of the True Blue. I mean, there's a whole lot of stuff, but, you know, you go to your typical fly-by-night liquor store, it's going to be kind of be lost in the mix, which kind of stinks. Um, this here is um, honey, sugar, and fig. Well, it's mashed together, and then, uh, then they distill it. And it comes out to just... Uh, I think that is what your third uh, logo is there, is a fig, after the, the Fortland Lee. I think that's what it is. But, you know. You don't even think about that. Yeah, that's a guess. That's a really good guess. Yes. Um, that would be really cool because if you want to speculate on what's to come this year, 15th, I know they're not going to go a lot on because, I mean, it, it's a... It's yeah, a yeah. Year. let's get into that. Let's yeah. get into that. So it's a big year. All right, 15th anniversary, and... Uh, I read an article a couple of years ago. Jared kind of hinted at 
there being a big anniversary. They're, they're, the building that they're in is turning 100 years old. Right. It survived some tornadoes in the 50s, and which is a big deal for them. Right. Um, just signifying, like, the success that that building has had, past, present, and in the future. So we know things are coming, right? Um, I, I tapped into someone in the distillery that helped me out a little bit, and uh, they kind of hinted at October. So October, I think, is going to be a big month for folks that are very big fans. So if you're living somewhere other than Texas, you may want to put that on your map or find someone who can get you a bottle. Because I think at the distillery, you can only get two, correct? At a time. Right. So uh, I believe there I'm probably need some folks to fact check me on this, but I do believe that the the Texas Legislative Session said that this year, September 1st, is when we're going to start to allow four bottles oh. within a 30-day period in the state of Texas. That's great for the consumer, but really not so much for the distiller because they didn't allow them to produce more right. to sell publicly because they're only allowed to sell so much direct-to-consumer at the distillery itself mm. because right. of our lovely three-tier system here in Texas. Right. So they're only, you know, I don't know what the allocation is, what that limit is, but, I mean, you got to think with the amount of people and the traction that Balfour has has gained over the last few years. I mean, they've got to be close to hitting that limit now. I can only imagine when you have folks like me who will go buy four bottles a month, you know, and my wife will go and buy four bottles a month. All right. It's, it's just going to, I hate to, to, to think about this, but it, they may have to start saying, well, sorry, we can't do any more, you know, basically private self-limiting. Yeah. They would have to self-limit in order to do these really cool releases. Right. So, what is what is what are the fans like whispering about? Like, what are some things that maybe maybe they're not whispering about? What what are their hopes? What what are things that you're seeing uh, people that you talk to, uh, whether it be admins, uh, long term fans? Uh, what are they hoping to see in 2023? I think we all want to see an uh, age statement throat. The French Oak. Okay. I mean, the it's got such a following for that specific release because it is, you, you'll know why when you taste it, but I mean, it is one of the most unique flavors um, of their American single malt is aging it in that French Oak barrel. And obviously, you know, it's, it's not a blended whiskey, but they do blend, you know, how many ever different barrels they have of French Oak. And they only pick the top ones. I mean, the other ones that don't make the cut for that specific profile that they're going for, mm. you know, get used for something else or, I mean, possibly even adult. I mean, yeah. They're not just going to put them something in there because they taste every single sure. barrel themselves every week. They taste, I think they said three to 500 a week. I mean, that's got to be taxing on the folks tasting. I mean, yeah, it sounded like a cool gravy job, but I couldn't imagine... You know, just, I think um, that there was a video that was floating around that Jared had mentioned, you know, whatever you eat, you know, the night before and the morning of would definitely change your perception of what you're drinking that day. Sure. I just couldn't imagine having an eight to five and the first thing is, well, looks like we're going to be drinking about 14 ounces of cash strength straight from the barrel. Whatever I eat. Spirits. Yeah. Good morning. Sure. I mean, that's got to be incredible. Yeah. Uh, they taste everything in person, they get together, they have a, a committee, which 
I'm not who I'm sure is all involved in it, but I know Jared and Alex and Gabe. Yeah. I had heard that Gabe had four or five folks that kind of worked hand in hand with him. Um, and Jared was the orchestrator and, and, and came in and, and did a uh, high level type supervision. Um, and obviously probably had his hand very heavily in special releases oh, and, yes. and, and, and then trying different things and, and all that. So I'm, I'm sure that, uh, that's kind of the dynamic. And then you have, so you have a team that's tasting these things and, and, uh, it's like you said, it's gotta be taxing. Yeah. Any day out. What's so incredible though, I remember um, talking with, um, someone they had mentioned that cause I, I have, you know, all these bottles and I'm always reading labels. You know, I'm a nerd. I like to know what barrel numbers I have in my collection, you know, which batch. So all in like your single barrel skirt on your, um, just your typical releases, you'll see, you know, well, obviously that's a terrible example. But it's TB17 Nashville. Right. So that would signify it's the first batch. Well, they only had one that year because it's the only annual release they did that year. Yep. So on the true for this year, 100, you have, you know, batch one, two, and three. That's all there. Mm-hmm. And so what the group does is they actually nose, taste, write down notes, and each batch is individually done throughout the year. And they use the previous batch as kind of, you know, their starting point and where they want to blend these other barrels well then proof them down to 100 proof and that's the next batch and side by side you cannot taste a difference i'm sure the masterminds over there could maybe pick out a couple of things but right i mean on a blind test it really was all the same and i mean because essentially i mean you would hope it would be but for them to actually be using their noses and their tongues and not true science or computers to say hey you know you've got X, Y, and Z here, and it wasn't present in the previous batch. You just have real life people doing all this tasting. I mean, they they obviously know what they're doing. If they can make a consistent product off of nose and taste alone, every single time, right? I mean, it, it's just incredible what they're capable there. So, if you had one more guess about October, so you're hoping French oak, right? yeah? So, so I mean, we've got three releases that are still yet to come. So, I mean, we're we're coming up in August. So, if I had to guess. Just and this is just speculative. I would say August, October, December. That's just pure speculation, just because of the uh, the purchasing limits and kind of letting the you know the hype die down, and then you know kind of I mean it just makes sense. Eighteen, like I said, was a really crazy year because it was like every month just bull, 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 right, right. So I think now that you know they're trying to maybe hype it up, maybe let it kind of settle. Maybe less releases, but bigger, yeah. bigger volume. Maybe I wouldn't even say volume. Um, and I can't even say quality because 18 was mind blowing. I've got, uh, the 15 releases so far and I mean, it, they are just, yeah, but I mean, at the pressure on, I think they're going to produce a I think they're going to produce. Oh yeah. I personally believe it because in everything I've read, these guys are mat- so meticulous in what they do and they're very unique in what they do in, in the fact that. You, so the master distiller at Jim Beam or Jack Daniels or uh, Maker's Mark, those folks have lineage to go back on. Right. These are groundbreaking individuals. Right. They are trailblazers. They took a product that wasn't traditional to Texas, and, and now it's it's unique to Texas, and you have this. Hell, now, I mean, they're like gigantical. They're running the forces in actually making this an American spirit, like a classified American spirit. Because before we know, you had urban. 
which is great. I mean, that is the American spirit. Well, now we have American Single Mall. I'm not sure if it's already, you know, got the final gavel click or not, but they're working on getting that, like, classified as an American spirit, American Single Mall. Right. Very cool. Yeah. All right. The Rumble is awesome, by the way. I like it. It's, uh, it's so unique. It's, it, I think it's in a class of its own. Yes. Um, it, to me, it's kind of in between a rum and a corn whiskey, just kind of off the taste, but it's a little bit thinner, in my opinion, than the other two. Um, but you still get that depth and just layering flavors that was, just hang out. Right. I love it. All right. So let's talk about Diageo. Yeah, Diage- I think it's pronounced uh, Diageo. Diageo. I mean, I have Diageo. Not 100% sure. Right. Um, they acquired Balconis last year sometime. Um, they have brands, I believe, like Jim Beam and Johnny Walker. And then there's a couple of vodkas. It's a huge company. Sure. Um, and they acquired Balconis last year, which, you know, we were all kind of like, oh, my God, you know. Yeah. That's, that's a big deal. I mean, Kind of, you know, why? You know, because, you know, we're so heavy on, you know, this is a, a Texas thing. Well, the great thing about it is it still is. Sure. Um, from at least the, the riffraff that I've heard is they're not touching the production. They're not touching, you know, where they source their grains from. They're not touching any of it. They're letting them run their own thing. They just wanted their brand to be a part of their failed. Right. And so um, I'm sure... You know, they came to an agreement and the people who busted their asses for all these years were, you know, taken care of on that front. I mean, if, if you have a product that you just love and you know you did so great at it, somebody says, hey, I'd like to require you. I mean, it, it can be a lot of disturbance. Sure, yeah, high-level exactly. discussions and conversations yeah, and negotiations. Yeah, absolutely, because, I mean, it, and everybody knows they're in acquisition. You know, if you look at everybody, you know, it, sure. it's not what's best for me. Right, because that's typically the last thing that you're looking at. You're looking at what's best for our employees. Yeah, and you look at their portfolio. I mean, they have bit, uh, companies and 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 spirits that have been around for a long, long time and moved and, out of volume. And so, if, if I'm a fan, I mean, I feel great about having a company that is 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 caretaking right. my my favorite distillery and and all the X's and O's say that. Right. They're going to be around for a long time, right? You know, they they just acquired a company that's only been around for 15 years, albeit an exciting and right. very fulfilling and and in craft. I mean, they're yeah, true craft. I mean, it 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 truthfully is. Yes, yeah. Well, one of the things that when I was doing research about it was just the sheer amount of releases they've done. If you think about compare them to other distilleries, just apples and apples. You know, how many distilleries put out these this many releases, the uniqueness, um, and the collaboration. They've collaborated with wineries yes. uh, for a dawn and dusk. Mm-hmm. They've collaborated with breweries for a Shiner release, right? Yep. They did a Shiner. They did three different Shiner releases. Uh, they did Dusk and Dawn with Hack. Mm-hmm. Hack Winery, yep. is that how you pronounce that? I'm not yep. really sure. Uh, Gulf Coast Winery. Great, great wine, by the way. Um, they, they did the Shiner Bach collab so they did three releases of those they did a uh, 24 month 36 month and their final one with a cash strength which is oh my god it's so good and then uh they did saint Arnold's brewery as well the brewery. oh wine wow. okay uh, oh that's right yes yeah which grand crew uh, was kind of one of those for me as well when i first knows that i was like 
the same for me. All right. And then I tasted it. My mind was blown. Well, it was kind of weird. I remember it was, it was February the 5th of 2021 when I tasted that wild for the first time. Well, what make, what stands out for that? I was in Broken Bow. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it, yeah, I, uh, we went up to Broken Bow that day and I hated it. I was like, this, I cannot believe I was so pumped. Right. The nose just killed me. Yeah. And then I tasted it and I was, it, it just all came together and it was just mind blowing. I was like, okay, I need to stop losing faith. Right. I just trust the fact that everything I drink of Bipolis is just going to be excellent. Yeah. So cool, man. Well, look, man, I really appreciate you coming on and, uh, being our, being our guinea pig. Yeah. You did great, man. Um, there's a lot of history and, uh, and I love supporting a Texas, uh, distillery, um, with so many releases, so unique. Um, I think a lot of people that have tried it dive straight in and the folks that, um, have it yet, they ought to. They ought to try it. Find somebody like you that that pulls you in and uh, and and gets you to uh, to liking it. Um, but again, appreciate your time. Um, and, uh, appreciate you coming on and and giving us your expertise. Do you ever have a part two, man? I'm telling you, there's so many more bottles. <laughs> I, I mean, it was so difficult to pick, and I was like, man, and just in my brain, I've got so much going on because there's so many different products they have. It's just so incredible. I just hope you really enjoy the one that would. Yeah, man, I appreciate it. Um, we've got a couple more uh, folks that I've already lined up for the next couple of uh, podcasts. Uh, we're going to try to do these every couple of weeks uh, until we see maybe more energies uh, around it. Uh, we have a female distiller that's going to come on uh, that's very educated in the distilling process. Spirits, she leads a lot of uh, different groups uh, and tastings. We have an EMT that uh, does uh, uh, lung and heart transplants coordination. Uh, we thought that that would be something interesting that people would want to know. We have a, an individual that uh, helps uh, women that are trafficked, um, and we're going to have her on because very passionate. Again, this is spirit squared, so we're going to introduce a spirit. We're going to talk a little bit about it, but we're going to focus more, more of our time in the spirit and the individual that we have as a guest. So thanks so much for uh, tuning in.